Paleo Hackers. Welcome back. It is that time on Thursday to the Paleo Hacks podcast. I'm your host, Clark, and this show is brought to you by PaleoHacks.com. With me today on the show, Kevin Gianni, one of the oldest guys in the online health game. So he's been in it for a while, and in fact, his journey starts being a raw foodist, eventually uh, leading him to a place of where he was getting sick and low energy and transitioning into something more that I guess would resemble more of a whole foods kind of diet with meats. Um, So we go over his story, and then at the end, we touch on his new book, Kale and Coffee, and get into uh, wine, a topic we've never had on the show. I'm surprised. Drinking wine, and should you drink wine? Is it healthy? Is two glasses of red wine healthy, or, or what's the deal with that myth? And the best kind to buy, and why the typical wines, even in a chain grocery store, might be the equivalent of what factory farmed meats are to organic meats. So really important stuff at the end. If you want to get a hold of me, email me at clark at clarkdanger.com. And I will say I've been putting out a lot more health videos on my uh, YouTube channel called the Weekly Wednesday Health Hack. So many times we talk about things we need to pull out. Don't do this. Don't eat this. Don't, don't, don't. And I wanted to do a show on my YouTube channel about what to put in and things that we can focus on to make us happy, healthy, and inspired. So every week I go over one food or one hack or one lifestyle habit that's going to make you happy and healthy. All right. So that's over there at Clark Danger on YouTube. Paleohacks.com is the place to be for recipes, articles, and to find our archives. That's it for announcements. All right, you ready for the show? I'm ready for you to hear it. Let's go see what my man Kevin has to say. Paleo Hackers, it is a beautiful day to be alive. We are back with another edition of the PX Podcast. And with me, I'm excited. On the other end, I got Kevin Gianni. He is an author, activist, blogger, and dad. He hosts the Renegade Health Podcast, and he just put out a book, Kale and Coffee. He's here today to talk about it. Kevin, my man, thanks for coming on the show. Hey, man, what's going on? How are you? Not much, not much. Uh, so before this, I was I was browsing around the internet, and I was on your YouTube channel. And oh I went, no! <laughs> I went to oldest, and I was blown away, man. You have videos on there with a nine-year timestamp. That is crazy. <laughs> Yeah, man, we still we started early. <laughs> yeah, I mean that's what two thousand and six, two thousand seven. Yeah, that's right when it was coming out. YouTube. Yeah, so I uh, I went to a uh, an industry event and um, I heard Gary Vaynerchuk speak. And some people may or may not know who Gary Vaynerchuk is, but he had a, a an online video show called Wine Library TV. And after the event, there was maybe five, six, ten people who got together to chat with, with Gary afterwards, and I was one of them. Huh. And he was just like, everyone here, no matter what you do, you got to do a, a, an online video show on YouTube. And so I was like, okay. Yeah. <laughs> and that was it, you know, 937 videos later or something like that, you know. That's great That's advice. Awesome. I mean, at that time, he's been right about so many things, like a Snapchat. Yeah, I was just researching him, and uh, he's a funny guy to follow. He's loud. He's yeah. right in your face. You know he's speaking. You're like, God, that stresses me out. I don't know how he does it. <laughs> okay, so so you started doing the YouTube show, and is that really uh, is that where things took off? Or tell me a little bit about that journey, just creating content and and how you got into health and all that. 
Yeah. So, I mean, for, for me, health was, was always this like half and half thing. So I was always into, to sports. I played football, basketball, tennis in, uh, in high school, but the nutrition side was, was, was kind of lacking. I mean, my mom really didn't have soda in the house, but you know, I didn't know much about nutrition and, and, and how to eat well before our tennis matches, my doubles partner and I used to eat a, a pack of Twinkies and a Mountain Dew, drink a Mountain Dew. And that would be our like energy boosting snack before yeah. the tennis match, you know, and then top it off. We'd drive around the back of the high school and smoke a cigarette and then we'd go play. Um, so, you know, it was, wasn't Roger Federer, you know, or anything like cool that. Kids in high school. Though. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> look, look where it led us. Um, so, so, I mean, so, so I went that path and then I went to college. I didn't play any sports in college besides, you know, just like pick up games, that sort of stuff. And then, uh, I, you know, average college story where, you know, you drink too much and, and party too much and, you know, don't get the best grades that you could. And after that, I, I got out of, uh, got out of college and I, and I started working for a friend of mine. I was living in a basement. I was doing web design, um, in a basement in, uh, in Brooklyn, New York. And I, again, still partying too much. And one morning I woke up and I'm just like, this is not going to work long-term. You know, there's no, there's no way this is going to be, you know, my life. And so I, I kind of went back and, and uh, I went back to Connecticut where I grew up and a friend of mine gave me some audio MP3s hmm. uh, and they were from David Wolf, who yeah. is a you know, well-known nutritionist. Avocado. Avocado, you got it. And, um, and so I, I was running at that time. So I went, got back into running. So I was running at that time, training for a marathon and, uh, and I just popped it in my earbuds and I started listening to this and I'm like, well, wait a minute, you know, at that point, I was like, you know, grilled chicken and steamed broccoli and brown rice were like the, you know, the pinnacle of, of all health food. Yeah. And when I heard David talking, I just had no idea that there were certain foods that just had that much more nutrition and, and you know, that much more power, and, uh, you know, for or ability to give you your body exactly what it needed. So Primarily so that, like raw vegan. Yeah, it was raw vegan. Yeah, absolutely. Um, but also superfoods, you know, things, things that, you know, people now just talk about like their whatever, you yeah. know, goji berries or, or chocolate or oh, yeah, that's uh, some maca, that's some goji berries. Yeah, yeah whatever. They're like, oh, yeah, yeah, I know this. I put it in my smoothie every day that I get a Jamba juice. Um, so yeah, so, so that was the, my kind of my foray into it. And again, I take things on like very fast, just like with the, the video show, you know? Yeah. Um, and so I just said, yeah, I'll be a raw vegan. No big deal. And, uh, and so that kind of started my path into, into that, that side of my nutrition. How long did you do raw vegan for? So, so I did vegan for six years uh-huh. and then raw interspersed um, between that period. And I did plenty of different raw uh, diets. There's like the 80, 10, 10 diet, yeah. which is more of a fruitarian diet. Um, I did like the high fat kind of, uh, you know, kind of superfood diet, which I say is more like David Wolf. Um, did, uh, you know, the Gabriel cousins, which is just like a lot of like plants, you know, yeah. <laughs> it's pretty much all plants and maybe some nuts and seeds kind of diet. And, um, and it was great for a while because, you know, I was, I had a little bit of weight on me. Um, I lost that, all that weight, you know, six pack abs, um, you know, running, like I could run faster hmm. and it was amazing, um, for a while. And so, you know, then of course, as, if something like that happens to you, you start, you know, telling everyone about it. And that's right around the same time where we started blogging about it and, yeah, and talking. Vegangelical. Oh, my gosh. You know, just through the roof, man. Like, don't, come, don't sit at a dinner table with me. Yeah. <laughs> I'll tell you everything about that plate that's wrong. <laughs> and so, so, yeah, so we went that path. And then, and then um, you know, a couple of years later, you know, I started to see some symptoms of, like, my health just not doing exactly what I wanted it to do. Hmm. 
Okay. Yeah. Um, so with I'm I'm just curious uh, with the eighty ten ten and like the raw vegan. Um, you were just eating all day then, right? Because I tried that for three days and quit. So you're a much stronger <laughs> man than I am, Kevin. Uh, I got shaky, almost passed out, and almost hospitalized. It was it was not a hot moment. Um, <laughs> but uh, what was what was your experience when you were on the on the raw vegan diet? Like, what was your diet looking like, or how did you feel on it? Um, yeah. I'm so I mean, curious. so one thing I want to preface this with is is like I don't think any diet is necessarily wrong. It just depends on you know the 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 type of diet for your body type and for how long you should do it for. So, so like, I'll, I'm going to say some things about the raw vegan diet that people might say, oh my gosh, you know, like this guy's just bashing it, but it's not true. I mean, I think for some people, it might be the best thing that they can do for themselves for a certain period of time, hmm. depending on what their situation is. Um, so eating all the time, absolutely eating all the time, like, like eat, not only eating all the time, but thinking about my next meal while I was eating the meal I was eating. So, so that, you know, to me that that's when it kind of became a little bit more of an obsession and I would say probably transferred into like an orthorexic kind of, kind of situation. So from going to, you know, just kind of eating regularly, not really thinking much about my food to actually being totally obsessed with it, Hmm. um, is, is definitely kind of an orthorexic kind of behavior. Um, the other thing that happened was, was as you start getting deeper into it and you start to get symptoms that your diet is not working, which I'm sure anyone who's listening has probably had an experience where their diet didn't work for them. Um, and, it, and not necessarily because, you know, you couldn't resist cookies or anything like that. It's just the fact that you just, your diet is not working for you right now is, is what happens to all your gurus and your friends. When you tell them this is happening, they say, Hey, you're just not doing it exactly right. You know, you need to do it a little bit better. You know, you need to follow the doctrine or the scripture just a little bit more, a little bit tighter. And, and that to me, like, I didn't see it right at the moment, but, but that to me was, was, was kind of like my, my whole turning point where I started to think like, wait a minute, like, is this, is this really the way I should be doing this right now? Is this really the way I should be eating? Is raw vegan really good for me? And, um, and so that kind of started my mind churning a little bit. Yeah. Detox. That was a, yeah, yeah, yeah. You're, you're still detoxing. And I'd hear people say it and I'd be like, I I, I probably said it too, but I mean, I don't know. Are you going to detox for five years? I don't, I don't know about that. I don't, I don't think so. I mean, maybe someone, but yeah, not a, no. <laughs> sure. And I like what you said, though, about, uh, you know, this isn't a vegan versus paleo versus any diet. I mean, there's a yeah. time and place for everything. And I that's one of the, my biggest pet peeves, I think, in like the paleo community is when people get really dogmatic with it and say it's the right way. And, you know, everyone has to do it this way. And vegans are the opposite. And we're on our tribe paleo. And it's just, I mean, listening to like a David Wolf podcast, I learn way more than I do listening to another paleo podcast because it's so different and I can take a little thing from what he's saying or, you know, what any other uh, raw vegan saying and apply it to my health on whatever diet I follow and I'm better for it, you know? And so uh, that whole us versus them thing is, is kind of a, I don't know, sticking point. Yeah. Well, you're not down the rabbit hole, you know, yeah. when, once you get down there, then suddenly you know, you can't, you can't see your way out of it, you know? So, yeah, absolutely. Um, okay. So, you know, before closing the raw vegan chapter, you, what was like a typical meal looking like for people, uh, out there wondering, plan a picture in their head, you know, when you talked about eating all day and then picturing your next meal, like what was, what was a meal you were eating? So I used to joke with my wife, Anne Marie, that I wanted to start a salad bowl company 
And literally, I would call it the big ass salad bowl. And the thing would be, I mean, it would literally be like half of a wine barrel, you know. Yeah. <laughs> and so literally it was that that big. Yeah. That's what I wanted. But, you know, my salad bowl was a little bit smaller. And it was just tons of lettuce, you know, just tons of vegetables, just all sliced up, put in there. I do like a chia seed kind of kind of uh, porridge kind of thing in the morning with with, uh, um, you know, stevia, like I wasn't eating sugar at the time too. So, I mean, that was, that was pretty hardcore, uh, but maybe some, maybe some like fruit just so like, you know, just very low glycemic and, uh, and some bee, bee pollen. I'd add some in there too. I guess there's a little sugar in bee pollen. Uh, and then dinner would be almost just pretty much the same. I just, it just kind of rotating through the same kind of things. And, you know, for someone who likes different things, it actually, was surprisingly not that boring, but um, you know now that I think about it, kind of being reformed, if you will, uh, I can't even imagine yeah. you know eating a salad that big in my life right now. Yeah. It's just it just it's it's kind of absurd. But for, for a guy like me, I'm six foot two. Um, you know, my body weight should be somewhere between 185 and 195 pounds. Like I need a lot of calories. You know, it's not this is not a you know I'm not I'm not a small you know, thin person, you know, so, and nor, nor am I inactive. I'm a very active guy. So yeah. a lot of calories. So when was the time where you realized, uh, you needed something new or that whatever, uh, vegan diet you were doing wasn't working or what were you feeling during that period? Describe that. Yeah. So, so for me, because I was a runner and still am, I, I was able to recognize like my different gears, so, you know, when I'm, when you're running, I, you know, you start off in first gear, you know, a long distance runner, particularly start off in first gear and then you pick it up second, third, fourth, fifth, you kind of just like, you just, you just, it's almost natural progression. And by the end you're running faster than you, you probably could have, could have even ran, um, you know, sustained in the beginning if you started out that fast. Hmm. So what I started to notice was that my fifth gear went away and then my fourth gear went away and then my third gear went away. And then I was maybe like pushing up into second gear, but that was about it. And that coupled with the fact that I was starting to have trouble getting out of bed um, in the morning. So we were traveling in an RV around uh, at that time. We, we took a two and a half year kind of tour when we were doing our show and we were traveling in an RV and, and I'd be lying in bed in the, in the RV and it'd be 10, 10, 30, 11 o'clock. And I'm like, I can't even like have the energy to get out of bed. And again, you know, I'm, I'm sitting there, I'm thinking like, maybe I'm not doing the diet right. And then I'm thinking, you know, a little bit more kind of negative. I'm like, maybe I have cancer. You know, I, I have no idea. You know what I mean? I, I, maybe I'm just like my body is just shutting down and this is it. Um, so, so I started to do some, some research and just talk to some people. And again, that's again where I got some of that. Hey, you're not doing the diet fully right. Maybe you're detoxing. I'm like, I don't know. Um, and then I finally was, was hooked up with a friend of uh, a friend who's named Dr. J.E. Williams, Dr. James Williams. And he was like, "Well, why don't you do some some blood tests with me and and see what's going see what's really going on?" And he's had a he had a background in in dealing with with people like me. He was a raw vegan before he did the vegan diet, like so. So he'd already been through that. So he's kind of just he saw like me and him, you know, maybe yeah. thirty years before. And so so he offered to to do that and uh, ran my blood tests and surprise, like my hormones were totally out of whack. Which, which generally what happens, uh, you know, if, if, if you don't, if you do the diet long enough, um, you know, your hormones start to get out of whack. My cholesterol was super low. Um, my pregnenolone, uh, which is kind of like a grandfather or grandmother hormone that helps, you know, produce other hormones, 
was it a five, which is like the level of a 85 year old man. Hmm. So with that comes, you know, inability to get out of bed, low sex drive, um, irritability. I mean, just think of anyone, 85 year old grandfather, right? I mean, this, yeah. this, this is all, that's who I was. You know? And I could, I could stand up straight, you know, that's you need a Snickers bar, Kevin. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you just eat, yeah, just just eat something. <laughs> um, so so all those sorts of things, and uh, and he's like, you know, you should probably consider changing your diet, and uh, and so I said no, <laughs> I said no, and he's like, well, what do you mean? I'm like, well, you know, can we try some supplements first? And you know, went down that path, tried the supplements, didn't work, and um, like bioidenticals. Yeah, uh, we didn't. I don't. We didn't do the pregnenolone. Uh, no, we did the we did the pregnenolone, but it. But it, it didn't have the, uh, you know, like the, the, the really good um, kind of effect that it did until I started to eat um, yogurt. I figured as a, as, you know, a vegan for six years that and – I, and I went into veganism by, for health, by the way, not, not, to, not, not for animal rights. But, but, but generally that kind of comes with it too. You start thinking about like why are we killing animals and, and, uh, and, and I think that – I still think about that fairly deeply. Um, but I, but I do have, I do eat animal uh, protein now. Um, so, so I started, you know, kind of thinking, so I was, I was like, I, I can't eat meat again. So what can I eat? And a friend of mine said, well, why don't you have like goat's yogurt? You know, if you, if you do that, you know, you, you're kind of, you know, towing the line a little bit. And I said, well, that's great. If I do it for three months and it doesn't work or three weeks and it doesn't work, who cares? You know, I can just, you know, swipe it under the rug. It was an experiment. It didn't work for me. And so, so I said, yeah, I'm going to have ghost yogurt. Um, as, as a person who's, who's a, a big fish in a really small like internet pond, I, I get recognized at you know, Whole Foods or health food stores. So I go in to get yogurt and suddenly I realize that I'm like, uh, I'm actually going to buy yogurt as a raw vegan yeah. or, or a vegan at this time, like in a grocery store. And there's a possibility that someone will see me because when, when people recognize you as a health person in a grocery store, the first thing you do, I follow their eyes. It goes right down to your, gro- your cart. They're like, what's in there? You know, and they look at their car. Like, does it have the same thing that I have? <laughs> yeah, yeah that's, no, seriously. Like at Trader Joe's, people, yeah. I know the people there and they know I run a podcast. Some of them listen and uh, I can't buy hash browns there anymore because of the judgment stairs. <laughs> so I tell, I tell my girlfriend, get, get me five bags of hash browns when you go. Yeah. And you know, they have a blog and you know that they're writing about it on their blog. So like, the car goes here, man. I don't know. Like maybe, I don't know if it was the same guy. Yeah. Uh, so a sample of the breadcrumbs. Of the- <laughs> yeah. So what I, what I did was I actually went up to the, to the, the produce section. I got like three bunches of kale and then I went over to the dairy section, got the container of yogurt, stuffed it under the kale and then went up. The counter. <laughs> <laughs> I know. Brought it home. Dude, I looked at that thing and I said, you know, again, this could be an experiment and I hope that it is. And I, I sat down with a spoon and I ate it. I ate it all in five minutes. It was 32 ounces of goat yogurt gone in five minutes. And I was like, Emery, I need more. <laughs> She's like, what do you mean? I'm like, I need more. And so literally for the next two months, I ate at least 32 ounces, if not 64 ounces of goat yogurt every <laughs> single day. That's like, how, how big is a, a 60? Yeah. yeah. That's, that's like the tub that, you know, that's that tub. It's like the, well, yeah. well, 32 is this one. And then 64 is two of them. So the size of your head for people listening. That's, that's pretty minus the beard. Yeah. Minus the beard. <laughs> maybe, be maybe 64 total. Yeah. yeah that'd be the XXL yogurt. <laughs> so my wife, Anne Marie, she says to me, she's like, you're crazy. Yeah. You know that. You just went from like, you know, vegan to yogurt 
libertarian, I guess. I don't even know what to call it. And I said, don't worry, hon. It'll, it'll like, it'll see its way out. And it did. It's just and, a uh, detox. Yeah, it, it just, just a detox. <laughs> detox from veganism, I guess. Um, but it, but it, it totally like started to fizzle its way out. I don't, I don't, I rarely eat yogurt. The only time I eat yogurt now is if I see a little bit in my son's bowl and he left it and I don't want to waste the food. Um, but, but for scared, me, you're scared you'll go back to the yogurt beast. <laughs> I Do you have a problem. <laughs> you see me with just like just white yogurt all over my face, you know, <laughs> like, ah! um, but anyway, it, 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 it filtered its way out. And within, within two to three months, um, you know, my entire outlook on life changed my health changed my sex drive was back my energy was back Emory actually called dr williams and said i can't believe like what you've done for him it just it's totally changed him i wasn't irritable i wasn't you know flying off the handle all that sort of stuff yeah so So you could literally feel the difference oh my gosh and and i and i would wake up at like seven in the morning and just get out of bed yeah and it was it was insane the amount of difference and hormones don't work that fast that's why it doesn't that's why just taking the pregnant alone like just didn't fully do it and I continued to take it as well I continued to take it as well but it but it man it it takes some time so you just have to be patient with it and once it like kicks in i mean you're, you you could be a totally different person yeah and so uh what describe your diet today like are you incorporating meats back in fully or like what's a typical day eating look like for kevin yeah, and remember, you know, a snapshot here and then before and then even in between is is much different because because after that, I got pretty disheartened with the whole diet thing, and I said, look, I live in Berkeley, California now, and I can get anything that I want organic, so that's what I'm going to do. And it was almost like a just kind of like a hey, forget forget all you guys, you know, I'm just going to go on my own path. I spent six years not eating any of this stuff, so I'm going to eat it. And it felt great. I mean, I got, got a lot of energy back and, um, you know, went through this process of, of just kind of exploring all different things from, you know, from meats to craft beers to organic wine, like all the stuff that I, that I didn't do for, for so long yeah. and kind of opened up the floodgates, if you will. And, and, you know, flash forward being a raw vegan at, at 160 pounds, you know, I, I ended up, you know, sitting in front of my mirror one day and not able to buckle button my pants at, at two twenty two twenty three. Hmm. So, so, you know, I kind of ran up over there and now I've, I've, you know, dropped down. I'm still not at my ideal weight, but you know, I'm just still trying to figure that out right now. Sure. Um, but, but so what do I eat now? So, so now essentially is a breakfast of a smoothie, a green smoothie. I think that's one of the best health things that you can, you can do for your diet. Um, you know, lots of, lots of greens, less fruit, um, just, you know, straight up with maybe a little bit of protein powder, whether you like plant-based protein or, or, uh, you know, dairy-based protein or, or meat-based protein. It doesn't matter. Um, you know, that works well for me. Salad, vegetarian salad for lunch. And then dinner is, is a meal with maybe meat, maybe not. Hmm. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah. So, um, so that's like a typical day. Um, and then you st- Okay, this is a good question. I, I want to know what the response was like then throughout that whole process for you. Because, you know, you started nine years ago. It's how we opened the show with your YouTube videos. And you mentioned going into Whole Foods and worried about the people seeing under the kale your goat yogurt. I mean, talk about those people in person, but online, it's a totally different story, you know? Um, yeah. So what was the response throughout this whole thing? Did you document it and did people see it or did you kind of keep it hidden or what was that journey like? Well, in the beginning it was, 
it was a thing for me that, that obviously I was reluctant to do because we had built a following and an online presence and, you know, YouTube channel around mostly vegan and, and, and primarily raw food. Hmm. So, and I had had some experience already kind of moving from, you know, fully raw to just kind of eating some cooked foods. And, and, you know, that was, that was a big deal in the community, you know, like from raw foods, eating cooked foods. And so, and, and it was never a thing where I just kind of had this big announcement and just kind of rattled everyone because, because it was one of those things where, where people put a lot of weight on their, you know, their, their heroes or their, their experts or gurus and that sort of thing. And I've never professed to be a guru, but it just kind of naturally happens if you, um, you know, you have a blog long enough or you do a video show. And so I didn't want to rattle people in that way because because I knew that, that I was doing this as an experiment to start. You know, I had no idea if I was going to continue doing it. So, so for me, it was like, all right, I'll do it for three, three weeks, maybe more. If it, if I'm not going to do a big announcement about it because if it doesn't work, then I can just go back to doing what I'm doing and then it's fine. And I can probably write about the fact that I, you know, later that I did it and it didn't work and that's cool. Um, but what I, what I also didn't want to do is I also didn't want to, you know, when, when I finally realized it was working, I didn't want to rattle everyone and just send out this huge announcement and just kind of like, just, just make everyone go crazy because I don't know how good that, that actually serves. So, so what I did was I just started peppering in, you know, mentions of it, saying what I'm doing and, and people, you know, the, the crazy thing about the people who are following us is that 95% of them weren't even doing a, a raw food vegan diet. They were just looking for good health advice. Um, just like you're saying, if you listen to a raw food podcast versus a paleo podcast, I mean, you can take things from both of it and, and put it together and, and, you know, create a pretty decent diet for yourself. So that's what we did. The response was fine. I mean, the fruitarians, the you know the 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 crazy fruitarians, as, as everyone likes to call them, they went away and they were a little loud. They were a little loud for a little while, and then they went away. And that was about it. I mean, you know, we we built enough trust with people um, to 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 not have them kind of you know just fall off the wayside and, yeah. and just be fair weather kind of kind of source for information. Yeah, that's a relief. Uh, yeah. So the new book, Kale and Coffee. Um, what's that all about? Is it only about kale and coffee or kind of give us a, bir- <laughs> give us a bird's eye view of, of the new thing you were working on? Well, it's like this thing there where it's, it's kind of like this, have your cake and eat it too kind of thing. Um, you know, i I know a lot of people who, you know, will go get their green juice and, and they'll have their, their coffee right next to it, you know? And that was kind of like the visual that I wanted to, to, to kind of, to portray when, when, when talking about this, because, because people get it. They're like, yeah, I want my coffee and I want my, my green juice. Can I have the two together? Is that okay? And for me, the the experience was I went crazy into this, you know, raw food, vegan world. And then I went into this, you know, whatever you eat is, as long as it's organic world, neither of them worked long-term for me. So was there a place where I could meet in the middle and, you know, still have my frogs leave wine, um, or, you know, still eat salt, um, or still have a coffee if I wanted to, um, you know, all these things that, that, you know, I enjoyed from, from both diets. Could I combine the two and make it work? And so that's, that's what the book is about. It's about how you can combine the two and it, and a lot of, you know, research and myth busting about, you know, the, the common beliefs around certain foods like wine or gluten or sugar or these things that, you know, everyone's kind of so polarized about, you know, is it okay to have a little bit of that? Yeah, so uh, the 
there's two kinds of people that we interview on the show. And uh, the first kind is people who get on here and they say, no, moderation is the devil. Like, you can't do moderation. And then they launch into this monologue about uh, why if you have a little bit of gluten, you're going to keel over and die. And then there's the other people who are more open to cheat days or treat meals or uh, kind of that middle path of, you know, 80% of the time you should eat healthy, primarily organic, yada, yada, yada. But that little 20%, maybe have some fun and live a little. Um, are, are you kind of, not to put you in a box here, but are you kind of more that, that second type? I'm not hearing a lot of the, you have to do everything 100% kind of. Fun. Yeah, I mean, I, I'm definitely in that, in that second type. But I mean, but I think there there are some guidelines to it. You know what I mean? Like for for the individual. And so so the way that I look at it is is this: is use modern science. You know, use use what you know biochemistry markers. Use blood testing to determine how your diet is working for you, and then see where you can push or pull back the limits. So pull back from the limits. So so you know, for you or me, we're, 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 we're both podcasters, right? But I mean, that's one thing that we have in common. We're both male, you know, there's, you know, so there's other things that we have in common. There's, I'm sure we have a lot more in common than, than that. You can but, grow a beard. I can't. <laughs> yeah, I see some stubble there. Um, but, uh, <laughs> but I mean, what, what, so, so yeah, that all, we all, you may think that we're like kind of the same people, but our body chemistry might be entirely different. You know, you might be a fast metabolizer of certain things where I'm a slow metabolizer of certain things. So if I'm a slow metabolizer of, of caffeine. I can't drink coffee. Hmm. I mean, if I drink coffee in the morning, I'm up until three o'clock in the morning yeah. and, and it's no fail. But for some people I know, they can drink coffee at 12 o'clock at night and go to sleep three minutes later. So, so, you know, your body chemistry is really, knowing your body chemistry is really important. So, so I think above all is, you know, whether you're in, in one camp or the other, is that if, you, if you're regularly getting your blood tested with a good functional medicine practitioner or someone who knows about functional medicine, they don't have to be, you know, a functional medicine MD, then, then you can find your, you can define your own path. Mm-hmm. And I think that's even cooler because, because then you can say, hey, I think your diet's great. I'm going to take some of that. I think your diet's cool. I'm going to take some of that. I'm going to put them together, see how it works. And then you can watch your blood markers go, you know, wacky. So for me, my, my cholesterol on the raw food diet was down at, you know, 110-ish, a little bit lower than that. For me, that's not good. But then after I started eating this, you know, crazy organic whatever uh, diet, I mean, my cholesterol shot up over, over 200. Now, the thing about it that's, that's that's, and some people might say that's fine, but the LDL to HDL ratio was totally off up at that level. It was, it was really good around 170. So that seems to be where like my cholesterol should be. But that's for me. And now I know like, hey, if I'm eating too much of this, you know, up, up here, like, you know, all the, all the crazy stuff, then my, then my body doesn't, isn't, isn't doing what it needs to be doing or it's not functioning properly or, or, or fully or as optimal as I want it to. And then if, I know if I'm down here, you know, same thing. But in between, I can kind of play around with things to determine, you know, what's working, what isn't. Yeah. And you can use the blood test as a marker to find that out. Okay. It's amazing. Yeah. No more diet fights. You know, no more diet fights. That's, a, that's great advice because yeah. those hard and fast lines of everybody has to be doing X, Y, and Z is kind of a dangerous place to get into when everyone's an individual. And I like your analogy about the coffee, you know. Yeah. And one thing to be clear, though, is, it, is I almost guarantee you for, for 90% of the time, the, the diet that that person is preaching absolutely works for them. Hmm. So they're just fully convinced that it's just going to work for everyone else. Yeah. Um, yeah. 
there will be 10% of people who are preaching that diet, but they're cheating on the back end. Yeah. But, but there's the 90% of those people, and I've met, met a lot of them. They're great people. They're, you know, a lot of them are, are, not all of them are great people, but, but most of them are like really great people out to really try to help people. And so, so they just know this diet works for me. I don't understand why it wouldn't work for you. Yeah. Yeah. The intentions are good. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Um, I think, too, you brought up a, a point about like cheating on the back. You know, the, the more hard and fast these lines are drawn, like everyone has to be doing X, Y and Z. Like the, the times in my life where I was the most preachy were the times I had the most unhealthy relationship with food and eating. Yeah. And those are the times I would be eating Ben and Jerry's at 12 p.m., and then, you know, getting up and trying to do my maca powder and bentonite clay and kombucha yeah. brewing and to fix it. Yeah, it was it was, it was off balance. Um, OK, so going back to testing, you mentioned functional medicine testing and we've had Reed Davis on here to talk about that. Yeah. Uh, Sean was talking about that. A lot of people have brought up testing. Uh, what are your thoughts on functional medicine testing? Um, and I could. Yeah, more specifics. Yeah, I mean, well, one one thing that I think is it is that you need to have someone who really knows what they're doing, so they're pulling the right tests. I mean, someone could have pulled uh, not only just you know your regular CBC, which is kind of like what you'd get at your your just general practitioner healthcare professional. Maybe your lipids, um, if they're if they're smart, they might look at like a um, you know hemoglobin hemoglobin A one C. Um, maybe look at C-reactive protein, but, but that's, that's kind of like a very basic kind of, kind of, uh, overview. So, so what, what, what I did with Dr. Williams, he brought me in to his clinic in Sarasota, Florida. And I talked to him just about, he literally talked to me for an hour just about what are your symptoms? How are you feeling? What's, you know, what are the things? And then he picked tests, tests based on that. And, and so he, I mean, he picked pregnenolone. Pregnenolone is not necessarily a test that most doctors would would even functional medicine doctors would would pin unless they kind of knew you know where someone might be in in the process of their their diet causing degeneration right so so you have to meet with someone i think and like and just chat with them because you can order some of these tests depending on what state you're in or what country you're in you can order some of these these tests online and some of them are easy and you should like vitamin d just order online you don't need to go through a doctor to do that um you know vitamin b12 uh you know uh, some of these other ones like you can just you can order them online it's fine but some of the other ones when you're having real health things um, can really help identify what you're doing and, and how and, and what your body's doing. And for me, which the crazy thing about it is, I thought the whole time, you know, after I did some more research, after I like was you know not able to get out of bed, I thought that I was having candida issues because I because I I knew that I had you know some gut problems, so I thought it was candida the whole time, and I was doing all these cleanses for candida. I was I was taking teas, I was you know doing treatments, all this sort of stuff. And it turns out that it was totally hormonal based. I mean, there might have been candida there, but it was all hormonal based. When I switched over to doing the things that were right for my hormones, within you know two to three months, everything felt great. Um, so, which is which before was insanity, right? Thinking about like you know, candida is not working. It's not working for candida. This isn't working. To like, oh, that was easy. What a good fix that was. Yeah, there's a lot of confirmation bias when it, when you get in your mind that you have a candida issue and you start reading all the symptoms and fixes of candida. Yeah. You're like, oh, low energy, I have that. You know, oh, yeah. uh, sometimes irritable, I have that. And a lot of kind of, it's like reading a horoscope sometimes yeah. with these issues. Like, if it could apply to anyone. You know, like some of the stuff. Um, so, okay, spe- getting specific testing, getting someone who knows what they're doing. 
Um, is there any, like, the person listening to this at home, they've never gotten tested. Uh, sounds like they have a disease. Uh, they are looking <laughs> to get into, uh, like, some basic tests. Where do they start? What are, what are some good ones? Yeah, it, de- it depends on your age, really. I mean, and, and male or female. Um, so, so you want to do baseline stuff like vitamin D, you know, you do want to check your cholesterol, particularly your, your, um, HDL, LDL ratio. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, that, that's a valuable marker to have. Um, you can do some, some heart markers too, um, C-reactive protein, that sort of stuff. Um, diabetes type, type things too. Um, you can look at your blood sugar, you know, that's, that's kind of, most people who are doing paleo though, generally have a lower, um, blood sugar. Uh, so, so those are, those are some good ones, but then once you start getting like in, into your thirties, uh, 35, and again, this is, this is, this is me channeling all the stuff that I've learned from, from Dr. Williams. I don't do any, you know, blood testing or anything like that. Um, you know, this is just the knowledge that we've done through programs that we've created and, and just, just that sort of stuff. So I'm just rehashing what, what he does. Uh, then when you get in your thirties, 35, um, females definitely want to start looking at thyroid. That's generally something that, that starts to, starts to decline a little bit. And for males, definitely testosterone um, and, and that sort of thing too. So, so those are kind of like the, you know, where it goes. So males looking at sex hormones, um, females looking at, at thyroid, endocrine okay. uh, issues. Yeah. Um, are, what are the costs of a lot of these tests? That's a big thing that comes up for people. They, you know, uh, they say, I don't have the time or I don't have the money. Those are the two biggest excuses with a lot of any, any area and, and valid too, you know? Yeah. Um, I know some of these tests can be somewhat expensive. Has, yeah. Have the costs dropped in the recent years, or are there any good cost-effective tests out there? You know, some of them have. Some of the costs have dropped, um, but I mean, the cost is the cost is more like, you know, I guess maybe every farrier that way. But the cost is like not catching something before you should, um, you know, and and then realizing what that looks like further on down the road, which could cost a heck of a lot more. Um, particularly if you don't have great medical insurance, you know, um, you know, so diabetes or heart disease or cancer, those sorts of things. I mean, like you can, you can look at some of your markers and, and you can see you're trending towards these things. Mm-hmm. Um, but again, that's, most people don't, that, that doesn't calculate that, that directly because, you know, I feel fine now, so I'm fine. Um, but what I say is, is this, is like when you do certain blood tests, uh, you can save money. So, so like there is like a little bit of a, uh, an exchange. So for instance, like vitamin D, like you can do a vitamin D test and if your vitamin D levels are fine, stop taking your vitamin D supplement. Um, if you're, if your B12 is fine, you know, don't take a B12 supplement. If you're folate or, you know, all these other things are fine. There's no need for you to be, to be spending your money on the supplement that you yeah. think may or may not work for you. Yeah. So, and, and you might even be able to get rid of some of your expensive superfoods by realizing that they make no difference, uh, you know, in, in, in the health of your body um, when, you're, when you're using a blood test. So, so that's on that side. The other side is that, like, look, I budget it. I budget it. And, and it's, part of, it's part of just what we do. It's just an important thing that we've, we've qualified. Just like we spend more money on food than, I, than, I, than we do on our mortgage. So, so, I mean, that's, that's just priority for us. Yeah. Um, and, you know, and, and I understand, you know, one of the criticisms of the book was that, you know, I was able to go to Dr. Amon's clinic and get my brain tested. And I was able to, to, you know, to, to do all this type of testing. We were able to get in an RV and travel around the country. But, I mean, I don't think I'm that much special, more special than anyone else. I think that we just put a priority on that 
on those things. And that in turn allowed us to be able to to afford those or get some of those things for free, which we did just because people wanted to, you know, have us come in and write and write about them, you know? Yeah. So, so I mean that, being that's useful. Yeah. Just, it was, it was being resourceful. And, and, I, and I think that that initial block around, you know, it's, it's too expensive is, is a, a lack of willingness to be resourceful because I think everyone is, is rather resourceful. Everyone's resourceful. That's you what, know. uh, that's what Joel Salton said when he was on here. Yeah, he was like, "Love that guy." Yeah, he's great, man. The the best. And he uh, he said, "You know, people think Whole Foods too expensive. Well, if I go into their house, here's what I'm not gonna see. I'm not gonna see a big screen TV. I'm not gonna see potato chips, <laughs> sodas, fancy couches. You know." And he's talking about yeah. prioritizing. And the yeah. fact is, like, that's an unpopular thing to say. Is hey, you should ditch the flat screen, but. At the end of the day, you know, there's there's trade-offs, but I just wanted to do my Joel Salton impression. <laughs> Dude, I love it. <laughs> Wine is a topic you brought up in your book. I know we're coming up on time, but I definitely wanted to hit this. Um, the myth, two glasses of red wine, heart healthy. What are your thoughts on that or just wine in your in your book? Yeah, so... So I mean, it, wine is a funny word right now because I'm because my son is whining right now. So like I hear wine, I'm like, oh no, where, where, where is it? And not 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 like right here, but just like you know, every morning, you know. So I'm like, oh my god, wine. Um, so you triggered me. Uh, but no, the thing about wine and the thing about a lot of foods and the reason why a lot of our research is wrong is this: you cannot take one bottle of wine and pit it against the other and say it's the same thing. Just like you can't pit. Um, a steak that's been, you know, raised on a factory farm that they sell at the dollar store. There's actually a steak. They sell steak at the dollar store here in Berkeley. I've seen it. There's a sign out front. It's insane. So that steak, that piece of steak from that dollar store is not the same nutritionally as a piece of steak from a grass-fed, grass-finished cow. One, one is extremely, um, you know, not heart healthy, um, high omega-6, low omega-3 ratio. The other one is incredibly heart healthy, high omega-3s, um, lower omega-6. So like you look at those two, one's inflammatory, one's anti-inflammatory. Two same food looks, well, I don't know if it looks the same from the dollar store, but probably can, could look fairly similar. Still call it a steak, different food. Same with wine. Two different bottles of wine, one raised biodynamically, organically, with, with healthy vines, um, healthy grape, low sugar, um, lower alcohol content, higher nutrient value, um, higher antioxidants. That's a different drink than, you know, your, I mean, you could almost say like one is, you know, one's a green juice and one's soda. Um, you know, the, the, the California wines, the big, bold, um, you know, wine on steroids, which, which, um, which John Williams from Frog Leap says, um, wine on steroids. I mean, this is just high sugar, high alcohol, not that much more. So, so you, our studies aren't even right. You know what I mean? Cause there's no way they're buying Frog's Leap for their study. Yeah. I mean, it's like, it's like, you know, 30, $40 a bottle. Right. Yeah. You know, they're buying like barefoot maybe. I don't know. Yeah, for sure. Okay. Um, so then, you know, choosing a wine, selecting a wine, let's just talk about, about the right wine then. Um, do you have wine recommendations? It's not normally a topic we get into (laughs) on the show. Uh, your wine library TV right now. (laughs) Give me your Gary V health. Give me Gary V. Oh my God. Let me give it a sniffy sniff. Yeah. You got (laughs) to talk 300 words a minute. Jeez. (laughs) I, I, I think, you know, Frog's Leap is great. I mean, they don't Frog's pay me any money. Frog's Leap. They don't pay me any money to recommend them. They're great. 
Um, Paul Dolan is another one that, that, you know, again, it's grown along these same principles and the, all these guys hang out. Like, this is the cool thing is like, there's, there's a network of guys up in Napa. I'm pointing this way. Cause that's where Napa is. It's right up there. Um, about an hour. Um, and they get together and they talk about biodynamic, healthy, um, you know, sustainability of, of the, the area. Because what happens is if there's not that much biodiversity, you know, insects come in or disease comes in, wipe out, you know, all the vines and everyone's, you know, not producing wine. Mm-hmm. So those are definitely some, some of the, uh, the old world wines are, are, have lower um, alcohol content. And that's generally a sign that, that they're probably being grown um, well, not necessarily, but, but generally. Like and the other thing, 11% versus 13 or. Yeah, absolutely. Well, no, 13 is, is, is okay. But once you get into 14 or 15, uh-huh. that sort of thing, like, you know, 11 or 12 is kind of where, where you might be looking. Okay. And then, and that's not always true. And then if you read the story on the, uh, on their, on their website, you want to look for dry farming, dry farming, mm-hmm. dry farming means no, um, no irrigation. And so, and so what happens is the, the vines get to grow, the roots get to grow deeper into the ground. So they're, so they're stronger. They, they have a, a stronger base because a lot of the disease that happens for, from wines or even just like the, you know, the, 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 the not thriving is because the drip irrigation system just drips right on the top. And so the roots are up towards the top and that allows them to, the vines to get infected, mm. uh, allows bacteria to, to destroy them essentially. A, a good dry farm vine can live between 70 to like 120 years. Uh, most of these irrigated vines, they live somewhere between like 12 to 25 years. Yeah. Wow. So think about that. I mean, like the difference is insane. Yeah. I love that analogy too. You made with factory farming, uh, you know, and like when you drive down the five and you smell yep. that cow, cow on cow on cow, Stock. it's, it's gross versus the grass finished grass fed cows, you know, they're roaming around. And it's the same thing. If you think about it with uh, wine. Um, so the, like the price point then, you know, when I go to Trader Joe's, I'm not a wine guy, but when I do buy wine, I go to Trader Joe's and I just look at the organic ones and choose the cheapest one from that. I'm, I'm probably six to ten dollars. Are some of the are these more expensive or can you find one in like a six to ten dollar range or do I just have to step up my game? <laughs> I mean, I don't know what I don't know what Fetzer is. I mean, Fetzer's an OK wine. They, they use all these um, you know they use this these properties of growing so so i don't i don't know where where they are in terms of price point but um it's more expensive yeah i mean you 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 do get what you what you pay for just like that dollar steak at the at the um dollar store i almost want to buy one just to try it you know just to like yeah. have a taste of it to see but so you do get what you pay for but you know something something's interesting you might want to check out um with trader joe's because because some of these people might be bottling under the trader joe's label too so, you know, you might want to see maybe Fetzer is, you know, oh, okay. bottling under like an organic like Trader Joe's wine. Yeah. Um, so, so, you know, you might be getting the same thing for a lot cheaper. Yeah. Okay. That's a good tip. I'll look into that. Yeah. Well, uh, the wine show is concluded, Kevin. <laughs> we'll, uh, we'll cork it right there. <laughs> that was good. <laughs> no more puns. No more puns. Uh, that was fun, Kevin. So, so Kale and Coffee is uh, the new book. Of course, there's links in the description, Amazon, um, any place you want to direct our listeners to. Uh, just go to kevingiani.com or get the book on Amazon. Okay. Yeah. Cool, man. This was a fun one. Thanks for coming on, Kevin. Yeah, man. Thanks for having me. Kale and Coffee, everyone. That's the show. Thanks for tuning in. I'm Clark, your host from paleohacks.com, the place to be for everything paleo and more articles, recipes, blogs, get yourself healthy, join our email list. Uh, We send every day 
kind of health tips and, and what's new. If you want to get a hold of me, Clark at ClarkDanger.com is the best email to reach me at. I always check those. Love hearing your comments and feedback. Kevin's book, Kale and Coffee, pick it up on Amazon. Go get it. Have a laugh. And uh, if you like this show, let us know. I'll see you next week. Thanks for listening.